Good morning, Wisconsin. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday edition. Happy Hump Day if you celebrate that uh, day. Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, joining me in studio, as she often does on Wednesdays at 9 o'clock hour. Happy Wednesday to you, Annie Schwartz. Happy Hump Day. I just wish I could do the Hump Day thing, but I just, I, I don't have it. I, I don't oh, have clever producer Charlie probably I bet Charlie's wrangled that something. up. He's got something up his sleeve. Charlie's got something. So there's always um, a lot to talk about when you're talking about law enforcement. And if you're new to the show or new to what we're talking about here, we try to focus on law enforcement-related stories, public safety probably more appropriately, because I know that we're going to have Chief Lipsky on in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today we're going to be joined by a special guest at 930. Absolutely. We're going to be talking to uh, uh, Waukesha Police Chief Dan Thompson. Uh, Chief Thompson, uh, somebody I worked with when I was at the Milwaukee Police Department. He was the... Uh, lieutenant on the bomb squad, and he is now the chief of police in, in Waukesha. Been there for a few years, and what we really uh, bonded over uh, the the tragedy, the, the massacre at the Waukesha Christmas Parade two years ago. Two years ago, Tuesday, actually. Yeah, and- I mean, I've had so many conversations over the last two years with uh, the mayor, Sean Riley, with the police chief. Uh, even uh, a couple of the dancing grannies have joined me on the show. A day that none of us will ever forget. Yeah. Uh, a tragedy that a lot of us think should have never happened in the first place. But, it, again, it's one of those crazy things that happens in the world we live in. Somebody decides, spur of the moment, randomly, that they're going to mow people down in a probably one of the most quiet settings you could ever imagine people just enjoying a, a nice christmas parade and then we we saw what unfolded mm-hmm. on that tragic day so yeah that's that's a conversation that i'm looking forward to and it kind of plays off what we talked about last week with officer wellness absolutely because part of the question for that i i i think media need to be asking uh when they're doing stories on it's been two years because you know they like those benchmark stories of course is let's talk about the the the, re, the, the feelings two years later uh, how are the the first responders coping with what they saw that day? I was there, Steve. I was I wasn't there at the scene. I was in the in the command post uh, with the with the the first responders, with the chiefs, and with the mayor, and with the then city administrator. And I remember looking around that room and thinking, everyone here, including the police chief and and everybody else, is a victim. So we're we're sitting here talking about how are we going to tell people this story, but how do we do that in a way that's mindful of the fact that the people that I'm I'm talking with about you know telling the story are also victims. So there, it's a great conversation, I think, and I'd like to. I, I think the wellness piece is important. The a lot of the people have not been willing to do interviews or to talk about it. A lot of the firefighters or the EMTs, it's just like, no, you know what? Don't want to talk about it. But Dan Thompson's their chief and he, he's got a lot to say. So I, I hope people can, can stick around because he really has some, some uh, heartfelt observations about that day and the two years since. That's an interesting point because I've, I've also heard from members of the public safety community and, and, and there's, there really are two trades of thought. It happened. I've kind of moved past it. And the other one is, there are reasons why we should communicate what happened, how we responded, things we could do better, and then 
and probably more importantly, how we heal the community, because part of having a strong, vital community is that you have to heal after incidents like this, whatever whatever the incident is, whether it's a mass shooting, whether it's, it's what happened in Waukesha. Speaking of communication, so you forwarded something on to me, and it's, it's probably pretty well disseminated now, is the statement that came from the Milwaukee Common Council related to the verdict uh, of the Joel Acevedo Mattioli trial. Mm-hmm. These are things that hurt my hair, Steve. I mean, honestly, <laughs> hurts I, your hair. It hurts my hair because I I saw this come across, and I thought I, I I was taken aback. And it's not because I want to make a commentary on whether the I felt that the verdict was right or wrong. You've got the Common Council of a major city taking a position on a a verdict in a criminal trial that they didn't like. And I I would say my my theory here is that had this been anybody else on trial for a homicide, I don't remember the Common Council coming out and making any statements when there's been a uh, when there's been a, a conviction of someone you know who was convicted of shooting a police officer. I don't really remember them coming out with a, a statement on that. So I I guess I'm you know I'm I, I'm puzzled. I'm challenged to figure out you know what they wanted to accomplish by coming out and really giving their own i mean look at what it says in this statement joel acevedo would be alive today had he not been placed in a chokehold really are are you the you know is so now they are now the judge and jury now we not only have a common counsel but we have 15 physicians and medical examiners how lucky are we on the common counsel so i just you know if if we're going to comment as a body, as a governmental body that we elect, if they're going to comment on jury verdicts, then let's see, let's see some other comments. Let's see a comment the next time we convict somebody in the shooting of a police officer or the battery of a police officer. Let's see that. Yeah, I'm a strong point. I'm in complete agreement with you on this. So there's two questions I'm going to ask you after the break. One, a very specific question about the last line of this statement, which I, I take umbrage to, because they're asking for something they have no business asking for. And secondly, big picture, is this, I'll, I'll, I'll tee it up before the break, is this a legacy, unfortunate legacy, of the George Floyd case? We'll discuss that with Annie Schwartz, our guest, as she is every Wednesday, Law Enforcement Hour right here in WTMJ. If you want to weigh in with the comments, Feedback, 855-616-1620. There's the old National Bank. Talking text line. More with Annie after this. This girl is on fire. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> it's hump day with Annie Schwartz. Public safety hour. As I always say law enforcement, public safety, because we, we cover all the areas of public safety on this show and, and with our program. And uh, Annie Schwartz joining us in studio, as she always does. So a couple of things about this this press release, this statement from many of the members of the Milwaukee Common Council. Um, I don't know if it's everybody. Is anyone missing off that? I think there are yeah, some. Yeah, there are two missing. Yeah. And I, I don't have the list in front of me. A little surprised to see uh, Mark Borkowski on there. I yes. didn't really expect that. Uh, he's been pretty, uh, he's been very helpful to the to the police. You know, Steve, it's not a question about, um, you know, how do we feel about the about the verdict one way or the other. This isn't about that was, you know, how dare the council do that. This is about this this body of elected officials deciding which cases 
they're going to weigh in on mm-hmm. at, uh, you know, at, at their level. And, and do they not have anything else to do? At a foundational level, though, if you're calling into question judgments of juries in Milwaukee, why do we have juries in Milwaukee and justice in Milwaukee? If you're just going to weigh in with your opinion, and that's the that's the specific thing I want to point out. The last line: our hearts our hearts go out to the Acevedo family, who must now turn to a civil court for justice in the case. Your jobs as common council members is not to direct the family on what their next course of action is, or to scold the jury of twelve people that are selected by the system that they are a part of. This is the system. Regular that Milwaukee we County choose. folks who are just trying to do their civic duty. And you just blew them up in a press release. You don't need to do that. You have enough other work you can focus on. And I'm I'm sick and tired of seeing this kind of thing on the on the on the decisions you don't like. Yeah, but for the fact that Michael Mattioli was a police officer, was a police officer. That I don't think they're getting out there and they're talking about anything else. Now, I would love for them to prove me wrong or prove us wrong. And the next time that there is a, a verdict of, of guilty against someone who has, uh, you know, uh, battered or, or shot, uh, harmed a police officer, I, I'd love to see a statement like this that says, thank goodness we've got a justice system that, that, you know, that, that stands up for, you know, our law enforcement who, who work day in, day out to keep us safe. But I'm not, I know I'm not going to say that. I'll make it even simpler. How about a letter of praise every once in a while for, for a job well done by a member of the public safety community? When's that press release coming out? Because when you do things like this that are one-sided, often, usually, the public can sit here, the one, you know, the ones that pay the bills and say, you know what? Is this really what you're supposed to be spending your time on? Is this really the best use of your time? And should you now start weighing on every case that comes before a jury in Milwaukee County? Is that is that your role now to be the ultimate judge? No one's asking for that. And I hope I hope what I'm I hope that my gut reaction when I first saw this is not uh, is not true, which was it, it was another chance to take a whack at the police department. And I hope that that's not what this was. Um, it, because there are plenty of cases where we have uh, white males who are accused or even charged with um, homicide uh, involving a, a person of color. And I don't see a statement like this. So, and I know that this case has gotten a lot of attention. I do. But I also look at all the names on this thing. There are two that are missing. Gosh, I wish I, I, I can't remember. I'll I try to do a comparison the of the total list and the, and the list that signed on to this release during the next break. But there, there are a couple missing. There are a couple missing. I mean, some of these these older people are lawyers. Well, mm-hmm. like Cox is a lawyer. Uh, you know, is this I, I didn't go to law school, but I spent a lot of time working with attorneys. And I don't think that coming out and and decrying the verdict of, of 12, you know, of 12 people is the way to go. You can be upset with the with the verdict, but again, there's a difference between being upset with the verdict and putting out a statement on behalf of all the people. And I think is my uh, I'm looking to see here if my uh, my alderman is in there. Yeah, my alderman is in there. That's not speaking for me. You're not speaking for me when you get up there and you say we we decry this. I asked you this question before the break, and I ask it in all seriousness: Is this part of the unfortunate legacy of the George Floyd case? 
I, I think that it is, you know, when I do training for, for law enforcement, one of the things that I, that I talk about very often is the fact that there are often different eras in policing. There's the post 9-11 era of policing. There is the post Ferguson, Missouri uh, era of policing. There is something that I, I believe is the post George Floyd era of policing since May 25th of 2020, which is do not believe the police always assume the police are doing something wrong. Always assume that we have to question whatever the whatever the police do. And it's okay to question law enforcement. It is. But but this goes this takes it to a, a level that I uh, that I've not that I've not seen before. And, you know, not to make it political, but I'm going to as much as conservatives have been blamed for attacking treasured institutions of this country, Department of Justice, FBI, CIA, all that stuff in the context of politics, if we're going to now have liberal electives in Milwaukee question our justice system, what faith do any of us have that this this is the way that civilized societies conduct themselves? I, I, I don't understand what the end game here is. If you're going to blow up everything, we don't have a civilized society anymore, and it's chaos. Here's the question. So we are having, as everybody knows, we are having an issue with, with recruiting uh, for uh, for this police department and retention and retention. Hey, please come and work for this common council. It'll be great. And I think that that's that's an issue. Again, I'm not. I don't want people to hear. At least for 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 my part, I don't want people to hear me say it was a bad verdict. It was a good verdict. It's not. It is the verdict. It, it's what those it's what those jurists people, decided mm-hmm. with the evidence that was presented to them. Yeah, that's so, not complicated. And if we're going to question every every verdict, we've got a bigger problem. This goes back to what what happened with the last chief, right? Oh, so we had a Milwaukee Common that. Council that's weighing in on the performance of the police chief, often with no knowledge of what actually is done in the day to day life of a police chief or the police department or public safety for that matter. But they're experts now on that as well. Well, and if you if you look at this list like I just did, and I said my alderman's on there. Uh, people should take a look. And, and if they, if they are, I guess that's the question, isn't it? I mean, the, this is why we have an elected person to represent us. Hey, what was with that? What was with that statement? Uh, you see, you signed on to it. What, what is your, what is your reasoning for signing on to that? Now, I can tell you on the text line, I got a lot of texts and say, I agree with Andy Schwartz. Could not believe what I was reading as a Milwaukee resident. I'm appalled at our elected leadership. This is not leadership. Uh, Annie's always great to hear your voice. Uh, this is a disagreement. I respectfully disagree with you. Mm-hmm. This is an off-duty police officer. Where is the criticism of his behavior? And are, aren't our elected officials responsible for events like this to comment? I don't think, I don't agree with the second point. No. They can't comment on, all the, on every verdict. No. No. That should not be what happens. But they are, but, but non-response is a response. Silence is a response. So when there is a, when there is a verdict, where we we're convicting someone, I keep going back to this idea of of people that we do get charged for and, and you know and 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 sometimes convicted for doing harm to a law enforcement officer. I would like to see our common council say bravo. It shouldn't just be the police union that sends out something and says, hey, you know, the person that 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 shot and 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 seriously wounded our officer is is going to prison. Yay. Uh, it shouldn't just be our, our police union. And if you'll notice, the police union really didn't put anything out on this because they're, they would say 12 people decided. Mm-hmm. It was a verdict that was decided by the public. And by the way, this is a former, 
a former police officer. Yes. Uh, fantastic point. All right, we'll take a break. After the break, a special guest will join us from the city of Waukesha, police chief of Waukesha, talking about the two-year marker of the uh, parade tragedy, a Christmas parade, sadly. We'll do that after this with Annie Schwartz on WTMJ. Annie Schwartz joining me on Wednesdays. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We are always thrilled. We have a, a special guest, and today is no different. From the city of Waukesha, Police Chief Dan Thompson, two years Tuesday from the parade tragedy. And we're going to talk about that from the perspective of the personnel recovering from the aftermath of all that uh, emotional trauma. We're joined by Waukesha's Police Chief on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline, Dan Thompson. Welcome. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Good morning, Chief. How are you this morning? I'm doing very good, very blessed. Uh, thank you again. I always like that you that you respond that way because one of the things I remember about being in that room with you that day was that uh, one of the more controversial things I think uh, that that we did that that you hadn't really seen before was starting a news conference with a prayer. Um, and I, I I know you felt very strongly about that, and that that was a, that that was something that we needed to do to bring the community together. Um, how is the community coming together? How are your how are your first responders doing? Everybody that was there, what is what is happening as far as the wellness of the people that were involved in the in the uh, efforts that day? Well, first of all, I want to start by recognizing uh, the six individuals that uh, passed as a result of that uh, Christmas parade attack. Uh, Virginia Sorensen was seventy nine. Neanna Owen is seventy one. Tamara Durand is fifty two. Jane Coolidge was 52. Wilhelm Hospital was 81. Jackson Sparks was young, age of eight. Mm. Uh, there's other 67 that were injured, and what we're talking about is not just the physical injuries, injuries, um, but we're also talking about the moral injury that occurred, not just with uh, the public, but also with our uh, first responders that responded to that. And the answer to your question is, how are we doing? Um, I'm very proud of the resiliency of this community and very proud of the resiliency of uh, our first responders. But that doesn't mean that we're, we're still not hurt. Um, we're still not affected by it. But what we're doing is that instance is not defining us. What it did is demonstrate the character and refines our resiliency and strength on not letting that incident uh, um, bring us down but actually bring us closer together. Mm. Oh. oh, go ahead. And Chief, as somebody who, who dealt from a mayoral perspective with it, with a mass shooting, um, not to compare the things, but the, the way that you respond, and I, I love the fact that you're looking at it that way, it's not the days and weeks, it's the years after that. And, and you, you can speak from the, the citizens, the community's perspective, but also the individuals, the public safety individuals who responded then and continue to interact with the community so what are some of the specific things that you utilize as a chief or the community utilizes to sort of figure the rest out, to try to make sense of a very tragic situation? Yeah, I want to attack that on, on multiple levels. One is I want to attack from the community first responder level. But then you, you mentioned as a chief, I, I do want to address that as me as an individual, as a human being as well. So the first part is how we did address it is, for first responders, we had uh, we have what's called first responder psychological services, and as a result of that uh, parade incident, we have what's required a neck up checkup with our officers. Um, 
And at one point, there's a stigma that you don't go talk to uh, professionals, but that has changed. A parade has actually changed that. Uh, for the community, we have what's called the United for Waukesha Resiliency Center. It's off of Pewaukee Road in, in Waukesha, and that center's uh, fully uh, operational now, and that's, that's for our community as well, for them to help them continue to heal, because the healing is not uh, stopped. And we have some amazing heroes uh, who continue to, uh, to be engaged with our community, both from a first responder level and uh, community members, and actual families of the victims um, who demonstrate just amazing courage uh, and helping others, helping them cope through to this tragedy as well. And the individuals, the, the public safety responders, how are they, what are they thinking about two years later? Um, I'll, I'll tell you something. So one from a practical point of view is um, things that they thought, like things that they get upset about between each other and, and things that they thought were big deals, after that parade, they put things in perspective, like, nope, we're good. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get through this. Um, after two years, I'm very proud of, of how strong uh, the community and, and our police officers are. But one thing I want to touch on, which I forgot about, was, uh, and the last part, is you mentioned about the, the chief, my, myself, and how this moral injury, how it affected me. And what I know in this position, there's a weight uh, being a leader of a uh, community, being a leader of a police department organization, there's a weight that comes with that. And, uh, and I'm speaking to all chiefs and sheriffs uh, in the country. We are very good at helping others. We're not good at helping ourselves. And as a result of that parade, uh, working with the law enforcement duty response team who has a peer support component as well, we uh, created um, a executive peer support for supervisors uh, where they are trained in working together to assist other leaders uh, in law enforcement and in dealing with trauma, dealing with things that affect uh, their ability to uh, perform. So. There's positive things, many, many positive examples I can tell you that glean from that uh, parade incident. But to answer your question, two days, two years later, uh, we are a stronger police department. We are a stronger community today than we were yesterday. You know, Chief, this is a, a bit of a personal question, but we interview and we speak with a lot of chiefs, fire chiefs, police chiefs, uh, here during our, our public safety hour. But I'm I'm curious now if I remember correctly. Remember, I'm I'm a lot older than you are. Uh, but uh, I believe that you you did work with the um, with elements of the Sikh Temple shooting and the Azana Spa incidents when you were part of the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Uh, am I right about that? That is yeah. correct. That's so what I with, the, with the spa, um, not the spa, but the uh, I'll start with the uh, Sikh Temple. So I happen to be at church, uh, and for some reason. On that day, uh, and that's why I think God was intervening, my wife and I, we decided to take two cars. There's no other reason for it. But I remember getting a text on my phone uh, within 30 minutes, because uh, I was also um, uh, on the bomb squad, Milwaukee bomb squad, and Joint Terrorism Task Force. Within 30 minutes, I responded to that incident. Um, and that was very uh, traumatic and, and impactful um, as well. And then there's also uh, a main component um, on, on the spot 
Actually, I'm more on the suspect's residence side of the house in that investigation as well. And at the Miller Coors, I was just a few minutes away from, from that incident. All those are very tragic and traumatic. Um, and I don't like to compare, but that tr seeing seven blocks of just mass casualties um, was it was just incredible. It was just a different um, type of evil. How? Oh, go ahead. No, please continue. It's just a, it was just a different type of evil, but in all those instances, and specifically the the Christmas parade, in the worst, I saw the best in the community. I saw the best in the first responders. I saw the best in off-duty uh, detectives, nurses, doctors, and I saw the best in our um, our health um, and, and hospitals and how they respond to this and and how well they all came together. It was. Um, just an amazing experience. Waukesha Police Chief Dan Thompson joining us on WTMJ. Now we're going to take a break, Chief. Um, I ask you to hang on, and Annie and I have a bunch of other questions uh, as we mark two years next Tuesday when the Waukesha parade tragedy with the Chief of Police in Waukesha. More after this. Very special guest on the Public Safety Hour with Annie Schwartz, the Chief of Police, City of Waukesha, Dan Thompson. And Chief, I, I had forgotten the fact that you were actually uh, a responder to those those earlier incidents. And I guess my first question is, those were incidents you responded to as one of many. But when the incident comes home to your city, where you have jurisdiction, where you're in charge, how is that previous experience? How does that previous experience shape your thoughts and your actions? Well, I'm going to answer it this way: is um and it goes back to my words. I was blessed uh, and honored to serve the City of Milwaukee Police Department for 29 years uh, and got to experience many different aspects of uh, policing, uh, neighborhood engagement, and, and problem solving. Um, when I retired from Milwaukee, I retired for two weeks, uh, drove my wife nuts, and started <laughs> the May 4th of 2020 in the, in the city of uh, Waukesha. Great police department. But what I didn't know, what I know now, is God knew all those experiences from Milwaukee uh, was going to be used, and I was going to be an instrument um, to be part of such a great team in this police department um, and fire department in the community on on that worst day. Um, that's the only way in, in my mind I can make sense of it is God knew that this was going to happen, and he intended for me to be there with this awesome team, this awesome community, and um, not only surviving from that tragedy, but thriving. This community is, is thriving, and, it, and, it's, and it's a, it takes a village. And if you want to see an example of a great partnership between community and law enforcement, the city of Waukesha is, is a great example. Because we're, we're in this together. It's not the us and them. It's, it's, it's us. That's got to be so heartening as a chief to, to hear that because it's not exactly the salad days for law enforcement right now these days. And to be able to come together with your community really as in, not only chief of police but as kind of comforter in chief, it, that, has to, that has to help you with your, own, with your own grief and your own trauma over this incident. It does. Um, and always remembering 
your why. Um, I know when I came in this profession, I was doing something that was greater than myself. Uh, I knew that this was a a servant prof- profession, and, and I can honestly tell you, is this profession is a calling. This is not one of those you can come in and, and do it half-assed. But what's helped me with my trauma is, is my faith, my family, the support network, and the team that I have here in the Waukesha Police Department, and other fellow colleagues. Um, but the bottom line is being vulnerable and saying it's okay not to feel uh, your best. Uh, and it's okay to show that you're not at your best at every moment, um, that you are a human being. Those are important things. Chief, I'd like you to expand on that a little bit because you and I have mutual friends that, that we have, uh, th- that we know that have, uh, uh that have taken, uh, taken the route. They've, they've, uh, chosen suicide. Uh, they have chosen, um, to, to just, to, to stop. And I guess I'm, I'm wondering, how can you as a police chief and as someone who is as experienced as you are in law enforcement, 29 years just at MPD alone, how do you convince officers who come from the kind of that suck it up buttercup mentality, how do you convince them to seek help? Um, that, well, I'll give you a good example is, um, I'll tell you a, a quick story is uh, with myself is this is in the early 2000s, working special operation in Haida, and um, I never took off work. I decided to take off work this one day, and my supervisor tells me you need to find a replacement. Well, that replacement happened to be Jay Balchunas. He told me, uh, I got your back. Uh, go ahead and take off. That evening he goes, uh, gets shot. Five days later he passes away from uh that um, shooting. Well, if I would have worked, he would still be here, right? And I knew I wasn't right. So I went uh, to a, a peer support person at the time, and that person told me, suck it up, basically, you're fine. Well, I go to, um, and I meet his mother uh, at the visiting uh, at Jay's funeral, and she basically told me he was honored to take that shift from me. You don't take it away from him. And that was the first beginnings of me realizing like, hey, we are human beings and there's more to this profession than sucking it up. Now fast forward to where we are now, we realize the importance of uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, moral injury, and and then educating and talking to uh, our supervisors and all of our officers within the department that we are human beings. We do have feelings. It's about re- relationships um, and not being afraid to talk to professionals about how we feel and how things impact us because that is important. Because here's the thing is, um, is relationships get us through, but that's what helps us build a foundation of resiliency. And resiliency is, is everything. Resiliency is saying, you know what, I just got... It was something very traumatic, but I can not only actually just survive it, but I can actually use this to be a stronger person and thrive from it. That doesn't mean you don't forget it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt. What it does mean is you're taking that and you're turning it into something positive and you're using that energy to help uh, others as well. Chief, I want to thank you for taking the time and sharing that story because Annie and I were, were not aware of that. And uh, 
there's a couple things. One, leadership is on full display as you were talking. And two, understanding that stress is a part of, of that job, probably that job more than most jobs, and that you can actually deal with some of these things after the, after the incidents that make you better at your jobs, better at public safety, better community members. So I want to, I want to thank you for taking the time. It, it was a nice, um, kind of a follow up to what we talked about last week with officer wellness. But there's chief wellness too, and I think you're you're one of the leading voices on this. So I want to thank you for taking the time to share that with our audience. Honored to, and I'd be more than happy to talk more about this anytime uh, you want me to. Absolutely, Chief Dan Thompson, City of Waukesha. They have their they have their uh, uh, two year remembrance coming up next Tuesday. From I, I still remember driving home from uh, Deer Camp on that Sunday night uh, two years ago, and. Uh, I know the folks in Waukesha very well. I know the mayor very well, Sean Riley, and I know that the citizens of Waukesha will be united and strong as they always are. And Chief, thank you so much for for sharing that uh, that story. As I say, I I know you a long time. I know you many many years, and I I did not know that story and how how incredibly grateful I am that you shared that with uh, with with our with our listeners because people are often going through a fight nobody knows anything about. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Honored. Yep. Chief Dan Thompson, City of Waukesha. We'll take a quick break here. We'll wrap it up with Annie Schwartz, our public safety hour right here on WTMJ Now. Annie Schwartz joining me on the public safety hour here every Wednesday, 9 o'clock hour on WTMJ Now. And uh, lots of nice comments coming in the old National Bank talking text. I include this one. Awesome segment, uh, Stephen Annie. Time to wipe away the tears. God bless the chief and, and all of them, uh, all of the guys. Um, it's not just guys, men and women. Um, incredible story doesn't surprise me given what the chief dan thompson in waukesha has seen in his in his career and some of the stories he was laying out he caught us both off guard with with that last one i'll tell you steve i'm having a little bit of a hard time over here i really am yeah um and one of the texts i got from one of the law enforcement people that listens he said and this is a this is a cop that i've worked with for for years decades and he said i totally choked up when he said that that story hits law enforcement officers hard. So people always ask me, why do you, you know, why are you so pro-police? Why are you, you know, why do you always get out in front of their stories? And Dan Thompson is the reason I want to see stories about police officers, because we are, you know, we're at a crisis for recruiting and retention. We want people to come do this job. And, you know, we... We expect so much out of our out of our police. We expect offices. perfection. We do, and 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 look what happens when they are any less than perfect. You know, you don't get the do over. I I am I'm so touched by that story. I I can't even I can't even tell you because in what other job in what other world does that is that something you think about or you that you have to carry with you the stories. That these officers carry with them for years are the reason that they that they look at trauma every single day. Yeah, and and just to, to, to button this up, the 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 folks like we talked about earlier in this hour that want to constantly attack and question, it's often with no information, no experience. The the jobs the public safety professionals do every day, I just don't have any. Any time for that, because this is a very, very difficult job. And the absence of those individuals is chaos. 
And I think we all know what that looks like. We see it every day on the streets of America. Annie Schwartz, fantastic as always. Uh, and to Chief Dan Thompson, keep up, keep doing the great work. And we will all be thinking about you next Tuesday as we do every day here on WTMJ Now.